Good morning, everyone. You're listening to the news on Morning Mixtape. Today is Monday, October 2nd, and I'm your host, Gabriel Hilti, reporting for Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. Here are the top stories this morning. First, people in Toronto and throughout Canada gathered on Saturday for the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Next, the U.S. government narrowly avoids a shutdown. A look at the coming weeks before funding from the temporary deal runs out again. Then, Ontario raises the minimum wage to $16.55 an hour. Advocates say it's still not enough for people to survive. After, Cindy joins with this week's edition of Canadian Connection. And then, the show rounds off with today's weather forecast. Let's look at the headlines. People across Canada came together for the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation on Saturday. Reported in CBC News and other outlets, the third annual Truth and Reconciliation Day honors the diverse Indigenous cultures in Canada and the Indigenous students forced into residential schools. In Toronto, events included the annual Indigenous Legacy Gathering, hosted by the Toronto Council Fire Native Cultural Centre at Nathan Phillips Square on Friday. CBC reports that Ontario Regional Chief John Hare of the Xijing First Nation on Manitoulin Island was one of the Indigenous elders at the event. Hare addressed the crowd to remember and honour the Indigenous children and their descendants who suffered in Canada's residential school system that was run by the government and churches. Quote, I think of all those children. Had they not had to live through the hell, where would they be today? He said he won't treat the day as a holiday until all the remains of Indigenous children who died or went missing in residential schools are returned to their communities. In Dufferin Park, the Native Child and Family Services of Toronto held their 26th annual community powwow. The powwow featured Indigenous elders and knowledge carriers, as well as dancers, drummers, and singers in a celebration of Indigenous culture. Global News reported that people at the powwow also talked about the reality of truth and reconciliation being an ongoing process, rather than performative action on one day. For information and educational resources on residential schools and the vibrant Indigenous cultures in Canada, past and present, resources are available online. The National Centre for Truth and Reconciliation is one of these resources and can be found at nctr.ca. In international news, the U.S. government avoids a shutdown hours before the deadline. The relief, however, is only temporary. Global News and other outlets reported that the United States House and Senate both passed a bill Saturday night to keep the government funded for the next 45 days. CNN and others reported that the short-term funding bill, called a stopgap, was dividing for the Republican-controlled House. After long and drawn-out negotiations, Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy put forward the bill that did not include any spending cuts or measures on border security demanded by far-right Republicans. The bill also left out additional funding for Ukraine as a concession many House Republicans had demanded. Republican Speaker McCarthy had to rely on Democrats to pass the measure with the necessary two-thirds majority needed in the House. CNN reports that lawmakers now have until November 17th to pass another spending bill to continue funding the government and avoid a shutdown. With the House and Senate returning today, 
political analysts expect the divide in the Republican Party around what to include in the new spending bill to become more tense. McCarthy's term as Speaker is also in danger. The New York Times and others report that hard-right Republicans could make a motion to vacate the Speaker. Representative Matt Gates of Florida announced on Sunday he would move to bring such a motion, although the exact timing is still unclear. CNN reports that further aid for Ukraine will be a priority once the House and Senate resume today. Republicans are also likely to seek amendments to border security and cut spending. In provincial news, Ontario's minimum wage is now at $16.55 an hour after a raise on Sunday. CBC News reports that the wage is tied to inflation and up 6.8% from the previous rate of $15.50 an hour. Labour advocates and opposition members in Parliament have said that the wage increase is insufficient and that Ontario should have a $20 minimum wage. The Ontario Director of the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, Randy Robinson, says the new wage is simply not enough. Speaking to CBC Toronto, Robinson said, quote, The living wage across Ontario right now is $20, and in the greater Toronto area, it's more like 23 City News previously also reported on earlier findings from the Centre that said people need to earn close to $34 an hour to afford a one-bedroom apartment in Toronto. CTV reports that the increase in minimum wage comes after Doug Ford's progressive conservatives previously cancelled a planned wage increase from $14 to $15 in 2018 and shifted it to 2022. Switching from the headlines to our daily segment, here's Cindy with an edition of Canadian Connection. Good morning, Met Radio listeners. I'm Cindy, and welcome to the Canadian Connection, where each week I'll reintroduce you to nostalgic Canadian media you might feel connected to or tell you how Canadian media is connected globally. I'll cover it all. Books, TV, music, anything. Now, I'm going to say something, and I wonder if anyone feels the same. I'm feeling like there's been a decline in heartwarming family-centered TV shows these past few years. I'm talking about the type of show that's safe for your family to gather in the living room to watch one evening and you know everyone's gonna have a nice time. That genre has seemed to slowly disappear, but do you know what show is still standing strong? CBC's staple family drama, Heartland. I think lots of people have brushed off Heartland as that one farm show and haven't paid much mind to it, me included. But I was interested in the series when I came across an article from the Toronto Star that said the show has a huge fan base in the US. They said that in January, Nielsen published that Heartland was the 13th most popular show of any kind in the US for all of 2022. It's rare for Canadian TV shows to have that large of an audience in America, so that's very impressive. What's also impressive is that Heartland is currently the longest running Canadian scripted drama. CBC describes the show as a quote, multi-generational saga about a family getting through the highs and lows of life on a horse ranch. The show's pilot aired in October of 2007. 16 years later, the show has ran for 16 seasons, 249 episodes, and the franchise also got a movie. So it's no denying that Heartland has a huge committed following, but why has the show become so successful? Well, I think it's because of its simplicity. The synopsis I read earlier that described Heartland as a multi-generational saga about a family and their life on a horse ranch is exactly what the show is. You get introduced to the show's protagonist, Amy Fleming, in the very first episode and follow her and her family the whole time. 
The Fleming family are still the central characters of the show in season 16. They've just grown up and relationships have changed as they do in real life. Of course, smaller characters get introduced throughout the series, but there's no 180 in story, no reboot-style cast that randomly takes over one season, and I think people appreciate that. It's nice to have a show that will deliver consistency during people's fast-paced and difficult lives. Sometimes you just want to come home from a long day and feel comforted in a show where you know what you're gonna get. We all have our comfort series. And like I said, there's not many family dramas out there today. It seems like most shows now cater exclusively to teen audiences or very mature ones. But Heartland can capture the attention of all ages. It's not childish, but it's not explicit either. It has its own niche. The show also attracts people because of the beautiful scenery it includes of the Albertan countryside. It films in a small town called High River that's 30 minutes away from Calgary. And of course, like it seems every popular TV or film series has, Heartland is based off of a series of novels under the same name. 25 novels to be exact. Thanks a lot for listening. For Met Radio 1280 AM, I'm Cindy Zogu. Thank you, Cindy. Moving over to today's weather, there will be a mix of sun and clouds throughout the day. Temperatures reach above seasonal to a high of 28 degrees and a low of 17. That's everything for today. Thanks for listening to Morning Mixtape News with the day's top headlines and stories packed in a short format. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Met Radio News to stay posted on our latest news content. For Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto, I'm your host, Gabrielle Hilti. We'll be back tomorrow morning.